This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. This is Strange Assembly, episode 86, April Fools! Ha ha ha, sucks to be Phoenix, don't you think, Jay? You guys are going to lose, what, every single piece of land you have in the colonies? Uh, now, let's be fair, Chris. The the last time I checked the standings, we're going to lose all of our lands twice, at least. <laughs> ah, yes, that is Jay Earl. I am Chris Stevenson. Also here with us is Mike Cook. Yep. And this is Strange Assembly, your friendly neighborhood podcast for card games, board games, and RPGs. We will be talking today about our favorite subject, Legend of the Five Rings. And we are now a month into Cote season. The Phoenix are learning that it is a downside to make it into the top 16 in this season. (laughs) As the clan-on-clan standings would have them coughing up territory to, let's see, the crab and the lion, maybe the mantis, and the spider. So... That and, that should be fun. And if we could, we'd probably also be losing territory to ourselves. That is possible, though I'm not keeping track of how many times each clan has beaten itself. You have definitely beaten yourselves. I feel like the Mantis have beaten themselves the most, and they've also lost the most in the playing round, because they. if you look at the, the numbers overall, the the Mantis... Oh, that's right, this... This is one of the numbers that does not actually make it onto the website because there's not enough space, which is what percentage of the field in the elims a clan is. There just isn't enough space on the column if somebody's viewing, like, the way our, uh, the page is set up. So they're better at getting, at making the cut, that is the play-in round, than for, for large tournaments than the Phoenix are. And so 16% of the field in the Elims is the Mantis. And and the Crab are even bigger. The Crab are 17% of the field in the Elims. But they they both lose out faster than the Phoenix do. And once you make the top 16, it doesn't matter when you lose. If you right, if you lose in the top 16, then that's one Phoenix or Mantis or Dragon or whatever win notched for another clan. If you lose in the top two. It's the same thing. The fact that you accumulated two or three more wins along the way doesn't help your clan at all for these purposes. Right. So, sticks to be the Phoenix right now. I'm glad that for the moment, the Crab have finally taken the lead in the who loses their territory to the Phoenix sweepstakes. Because the... If you set aside the Phoenix beating people, no clan has more than five wins over any other clan right now. The Phoenix have beaten the Crab nine times. They've beaten the Dragon eight times. And they've beaten the Mantis eight times. (laughs) Uh, You guys are a wrecking ball. Yep. 
we burninate the peasants quite a bit. You've also beaten the unicorn five times, which would be in the lead were you anyone but the phoenix. <laughs> and if you look at the deck links thing for the phoenix, almost all of the phoenix decks that have been posted are top non-humans. What deck did I uh did I win the local tournament with the other week, Jay? Uh, Dragon Kensei? No. <laughs> no. Top non-humans. <laughs> They're good. Well, I, I suppose that's better than the bottom non-humans. <laughs> uh, what is that? Non-humans out of the original, out of the, uh, the original Henshin stronghold? Uh. Or no, wait, the only Henshin stronghold. Right, we just thought that there was going to be another Henshin stronghold. And right. that's about to be the Agasha one. That's unplayable. Which which Agasha one? Have we gotten a new stronghold? Isn't it though like you can slide the spells under the box? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, you're just making up strongholds willy nilly over there. I know, I know. I, I right, you've only got the one and a half strongholds. My bad. Right. I don't know. You, Mike, on the other hand, don't only have quite one stronghold. The, there was a deck that made the the top sixteen of the top eight in Chicago with. Straight up Twin Forks military. Huh? Awesome. A couple of people who aren't Greg Wong have made the Elims with dragon non-human decks. <laughs> In addition to Greg doing it with the non-humans. Crab continue to make the cut with everything, basically? I Okay, that's not really true. The Kayao don't make the cut, ever. No, they make the walls. Hmm. Yeah, that was pretty bad, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I, I uh, yes. I wasn't shooting for good. Well, you. Well, you succeeded admirably. <laughs> well, he didn't say what he was shooting for. Maybe he was shooting for the stars. So if he missed, he'd land on the moon. So why have do we have any idea why Lion stopped making the cut so much after the first weekend? I have no idea. Uh, I'm gonna blame Journeys on Keep. They just really can't handle going second. Uh, that was really just the Atlantic City Cote with the, the JEK, bl- JEK Blitz, which, um, I still don't know what was in that deck. So, let's see. So, what did you guys think of the story points that were in the Cote promo pack? I was interesting. Although apparently the, 10,000 Martyrs thing may be caused by your clan, Jay. Awesome. Wait, as in we're the Martyrs, or we kill people? As in you're the one, who the, ki- you're the one who kills the people. Okay, because the former sounds a lot more like us. Well, the the mass water is kind of going a little insane, and he's in Twin Fork City as the battle is beginning between the Crane and the Mantis. So, I guess Panku is getting in his head a little. Yeah, it, I, Hooray, we get who to go crazy again. Uh, I, you know, uh, there's one thing I will say is I kind of like, oh, here's some interesting things or interesting story points that happen in the pack. But as soon as that pack gets out, it's going to be on the internet and basically everybody's going to know it. So to do that and then go back in story and come, uh, come, come back and kind of catch up is a little, I don't know, odd to me, I guess. Right, because the newest fiction that just went up was about the Mantis and the Crane War heating up. Yes. But we already know that it's going to end with this martyr thing. Yes. 
Yeah, that happens. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, and those are big story points. And there's when that's there's are there two big story points? My recollection, I recall two big story points from the Cote Pack. One, a lot of it is the stuff with the crane and the mantis. And the second was the thing with the blood of the preserver. Did you guys, did you pick up on that? No, honestly, I didn't look through it that Okay, well, if you, there's a number of promos from the Cote Pack that are about farmlands. And there's a, num- a number, amount of flavor that's about things that were devastated a year ago suddenly blooming. And from what I can tell, these are lands that the spider had used their Gaijin nuke on and were complete wastelands when they used it. And now, all of a sudden, a year or whatever later, they are springing to life. And I'm guessing this ties back into, and I'm going to butcher some Hindu mythology here, although they probably wouldn't appreciate it being called mythology. It's like uh, dogma. Christians don't yeah. like it when you talk about the mythology of the Bible. Nope. Even though it was mythology before it was in the Bible, but whatever, go ahead. <laughs> oh, look, we've just pissed off everyone. Yay! But, You're welcome. Oh, and oh, the new Pope is so mad at me. I'm a terrible Catholic. Okay, but if I recall correctly, that that deity is a that's three aspects of the same thing, right? There's the preserver and the destroyer. There's two or three. Right. I mean, it's the same god. Right. So I'm guessing that that is what they're going into with this blood of the preserver is that it destroys and then it brings forth light. Although I'm pretty sure that's not what the spider were trying to do when they were nuking the lion with it. No. Well, and that's kind of interesting because the the idea behind that is that there's one truth, but there are many faces to the one truth. I doubt that we're in L5R land going to get into anything. That- no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, authentic, especially since, as as everyone would involved in AEG would be quick to point out, just like Rokugan is not Japan, the Ivory Kingdoms are not actually. India. Yeah. <laughs> so that could be an interesting thing. Although I don't remember who it is I'm smashing. I have to on interrogation. I hate that art. Interrogation is one of the cards. It's some um, uh, that 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 references this. It's got some lion beating up on a spider monk. Like, why are our lands that you nuke coming back now? We're gonna beat you up until you tell us what's going on. Even though I'm pretty sure the spider don't know. That sounds like an appropriate representation of the lion, though. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> but but the art, I I hated the art on that card. Just this big blurry mess, and you that just kind of like fades into darkness, like they couldn't be bothered to draw the characters. Look, the artist just spilled his drink on it and just was too rushed to go back and clean it up. I would mostly agree. I'm okay with it, other than the big dark spot, which is very weird. Yeah, I mean, there's part of it is a stylistic thing for it uh, to be right. kind of blurry, and that's and that by itself would be fine. If, I, I yeah, I actually like his style. I kind of like this painterly style. Yeah, it's just I don't. Yeah, what? Yeah, no one exists below the nipples. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, they do, but it's a very, very dark, and there's no real reason for it to be this dark, especially since they're very clearly out in the middle of a field. It was the middle of a solar eclipse. <laughs> that was implied. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Oh, I should say this because I keep saying this and I've been wrong and I'm frequently wrong, but this is a pretty objective thing I was wrong about and I've said it more than once that I've mentioned that, uh, that the Emerald Champs attendance was down substantially, uh, last winter, last year at the end of 2012. That's not right. It was in the 60s. It's, I think it's actually been in the 60s for a couple of years before that. So may, maybe there was an Emerald Champs that was bigger than that. At some point, there probably was, and I'm just mixing it up, but there was not actually a substantial downturn in the Emerald Champs year over year from 2011 to 2012. I am sure that that era was weighing heavily on the minds of everyone who listens to this podcast. I can tell from the fact that not a single person has pointed it out. <laughs> I, including the guy I did an interview with last week who was there, you know? Uh Anyhow, I don't know. So did you have any, other than obvious things, did you have any interesting takeaways from the interview with Reese last week or the Coils of Madness, apparently not April Fool's announcement, unless they're really, really slow rolling it by having the PDT come out on April 2nd and say, no, that wasn't an April Fool's joke? Okay, so so the one question I have, the boosters, is that the full set that's in the boosters? No. Okay. Because there are there are cards in the set that are not dual bugged, and those cards only appear uh, in the complete, the not actually complete set ten, and then there's one card for each clan that's not in the ten, that's only in the boosters. Okay. And uh, I'm no Reese is not gonna like this, but I it's yeah I'm pretty sure that's just a way to make sure that we actually go buy the boosters. A little bit and do some trading because that's one of the things that Reese talked about, right? Is that they want there to be actual trading going on with this set, and by putting stuff in the boosters that you could only get in the boosters, players don't even have the option to just buy the set and ignore it, even if they're not foil or full bleed nuts. They have to go into the boosters a little bit. So, so do you think that the reappearance of old characters is going to be something other than a uh, egg copies, which seems to be the the current prevalent theory? Egg copies. The egg of Panku? Yes. Oh, 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 where where are the old people coming from? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, I don't know why I get dead. Uh, right. Um uh, I, I would I would hope so. Which is kinda funny. Hey, celebrate your people coming back. Oh, by the way, the egg of Panku uh duplicates. And it seems like the crane have kinda gone through this before. Mm. And and so have the lion. With Hattori on the list. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'll say not just you've gone through it before with this exact same guy. Well, hey, then there's precedent. <laughs> the other possibility, which I think I am the only one who seems to think this is a possibility, and maybe it's because they referred to them as person, I mean, personalities, they said your favorite personalities, I think, with a lowercase p, but they did say personalities, is when I read that, my thought was that, oh, these are going to be celestials. But apparently no one else thinks that. So... Oh, because it doesn't strongholds. No, no, no. I'm thinking. Uh, I was thinking. Uh, Hortori already had one, but that's not Hortori. That's um. Ah, oh, gosh. Torahito. Yes, I got. Torahito. Torahito. Yeah, yeah. Totally got that wrong. I was like, oh, that would make sense. See, they can print the the perfection one for Hitori, but no, that's Torahito, and that's already been printed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because it's Hitori, Kachiko, 
Mitsu and Hida Oushi were the ones that they, and Saruchi were the ones that they mentioned. There's also, they mentioned there's going to be a Fudo stronghold and a Panku stronghold. Which I read, and I'm like, so does that mean I get like a shit? There's where's the Shinseiist stronghold? Where's the one where you fight for purity, or is that just your normal clan stronghold? They could always edit later. I don't, well, I'm I'm interested then if that means that cause, because they're giving those two other. Well, I guess we technically. Well, we do. Do we know that they're double bugged, or are these potentially no. just right now? In fact, what it says about the strongholds is it says two new legal strongholds to create decks around. For the remainder of the arc, okay. it doesn't actually specifically say which arc. Well, since it says remainder, you'd have to imagine it would be Emperor. Yes. Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be Emperor legal. That wouldn't even make any sense. Oh, here you go. Only Emperor, only Ivory. These will be legal in a few months, especially given the traditional reluctance to double bug strongholds that come out before the base set. Which is a wise choice, in my opinion. Yeah. And it said that there are also going to be alternate rings, so those might also be good candidates to not be dual-bugged. Well, I mean, is is that, yeah, like, yeah. alternate text rings, or is that just like, oh, we didn't give away enough of the kanji rings, so here's another shot at them, or... I, my, my guess with the theme of this is they're probably going to be dark rings again. Ah, uh, yeah, that could be. Yeah, I don't know if they'll specifically be dark dark rings, but I was thinking something like that as as well. It says alternate rings. It could be the ring of the dragon and ring of the crane, just like we have ring of the phoenix already. I don't think that's what it'll be. Maybe it's a decent ring of air. Remember when the ring of air was a good car? Like wow, yeah, it's been straight into unit. That's amazing. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh, the days. The days are just packed. But foils are back, which I like. Not because I'm necessarily that big on foils myself. I mean, I like them. But the best thing about foils is that there are people who are obsessed with them. And so I can sell or trade my shiny whatever for multiple real things that I need. (laughs) That's always nice. Well, and it's also nice that, like, you know, you you do that and you collect up the deck you want, and then eventually, like, you know what? Maybe I'll go for the shinies, and you have something else to trade for. Uh, yeah, yeah, there it gives you something else to trade for. I. And if you don't care about them, you don't care about them. Nobody wants my apparently sealed product. I feel like we should have a sealed deck tournament or a draft tournament with the extra Emperor edition I have or something. But uh, I I would totally be down for a draft. Oh, you would be. Yeah, draft. Well, I mean, maybe not just Emperor, if, if, especially if we can mix in some other sets or something. I, I love the new draft, to be quite honest. Um, I have, I have, I, I don't know in what quantities. I have packs of Embers of War, Before the Dawn, Emperor Edition, and Seeds of Decay. Yeah, I no. like. I still literally, I still have the Seeds of Decay packs that I got in my convention pack from Gen Con because I didn't, I literally didn't bother opening anything until Seeds of Decay actually came out. (laughs) And then I, I just, those just ended up stashed away with the convention pack, which I also did not actually open until December when they were legal. (laughs) And at that point, I'm like, Oh, here's another 10 Seeds of Decay packs. Yeah. I don't really need this set anymore. (laughs) I did finally come up with a list of 
of what I needed to round out playsets for just random stuff of the arc, and I got almost all of that in trade. So now I need I need torn asunder, and then I still need the stuff, the events from the 2011 jeweled events and holiday pack because I didn't. I by the time I went to buy that holiday pack, they had pulled it from the store. So yeah, anybody you know has an extra holiday pack or set of those laying around. I mean. <clears throat> You know, Reese, right? No, you listen still? <laughs> Come on, man. Nico, hook me up. No, no. If I could buy the winner pack from, uh, was it two winners ago that had the tests or whatever? Yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I would totally pay for that pack now. Cause you can't even, you can't even get the Emerald Champion anymore. Or, uh, Turquoise, Turquoise Champion. You can't even find it online, or at least I've never been able to. Well, remember, that's the one you can actually borrow from me. I know. Because I want a copy of it. At the South Carolina Cote last year for being second in the art contest. That doesn't sound like a second place prize to me. Well, that is all the L5R chatter that we have for now. So we're going to call it for this episode of Strange Assembly. Thanks for listening. Feel free to check out more Strange Assembly at our website, strangeassembly.com. Really, you can go into anything that lets you do a search Search engines, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and if you search for Strange Assembly, we're the top thing that comes up. It's it's really convenient that uh no one else came up with such a lame name for a podcast and website before we did. Hooray! You can also email me at chris at strangeassembly.com. Uh, we always like to hear from our listeners and readers. So for Jay Earl and Mike Cook, I am Chris Stevenson. And oh! Yes, my wife is pregnant again. Woohoo! Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Now no one's going to hear it because nobody listens through the end. They just skip, skip, skip. Yes. This one is due at basically exactly the same time of year that Benjamin was. So hopefully... What what birthday party feature? Well, no, hopefully they won't have the same birthday party because Benjamin was born prematurely and had to go to the NICU. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, hopefully this one will actually be born then, but, well then, okay. Talk to you next time, oh, strange assemblers. Assemblers of the strange.